Greetings, I'm Bishop Chester Wright, and this is the video series, How to Study the Bible. And let me give you a longer title, How to Study the Bible So You Can Find Truth for Yourself. That's very important. If you've watched, and I strongly encourage you to watch the introductory video, you will understand my passion for the Word of God and the whole basis of this video series. This is lesson number one. Uh, the first lesson was the introduction. This is lesson number one in how to study the Bible. So let, let me just state some basic principles to you. Uh, you know what makes reading the Bible a truly unique experience? Unlike any other book, even though it was written many centuries ago, one can sit down with the author and have him explain what he meant by what he wrote as we're reading it together with him. Now, you may know an author of a book, and you may have the privilege to read that particular book with that author, but that author has to be alive. But the Bible is the only book that the author is still alive and available to sit down with every one of us when we read the Bible. You should never read the Bible alone. With such a priceless benefit as that being freely offered to us, why would we ever read it without him? Why would we? The, the, the problem is, it's not what we think he meant to say that's important. It's what he meant to say that's important. So why not know him and fellowship with him and allow his spirit to speak to you while you're studying the Bible so he can explain to you what he meant? Why wouldn't we do that? Why wouldn't we do that? Uh, unless, I'm, unless I'm just going to the Bible to justify something for myself or I'm just going to the Bible to, to uh, 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 prove what I think is right, why wouldn't I go to the Bible from a neutral standpoint where I'm saying, okay, Lord, you teach me, you show me, you explain to me. Why wouldn't I do that? You can. You can. What is the, what is the consequence of not reading the Bible with him? The potential for self-deception. Self-deception is often the results when we do not stay close enough to our Lord to hear and receive what he is saying when he speaks to us. Again, like I said in the introductory lesson, the scripture says, try the spirits to see whether or not they're of God. It's not talking about going, ooh, no. How do I try the spirits? Well, sp the spirit world speaks to us at many times what sounds like our thought, uh, but it's not our thoughts. And, 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 and God, that's how God speaks to us. And the adversary attempts to speak imitate God and speak to us in the same way. How can I try the spirit if I don't have anything to judge it against? I have to be able to judge that. So if I don't know the word of God and I accept everything that comes into my spirit, every thought that comes through my mind as being true, I open myself up for being deceived. But I have to have I have to have a foundation of truth here that will guard against deception. That's why David said, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. To be sensitive to his voice, 
We need a foundation of true scriptural prayer in our lives where we regularly fellowship with the author of the word. So I'm not just fellowshipping with God. I'm not just praying to or at God. I'm actually communicating in prayer with the one who wrote the word. And too many people separate the word and the spirit, the word and prayer. They separate these out as two different things. How can they be two different things? God is a spirit and God was uh, and the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. I can't separate God from either one of those because He is. Those are the two elements of God, Word and Spirit. Word and Spirit, Logos and Spirit are the two elements of God in, in this dimension called time and space. That's the two elements of God. So I fellowship with Him in prayer, and then I fellowship with Him and let Him teach me and instruct me In the word of God. That's why I don't become a disciple of my pastor. I don't become a disciple of a prophet or an apostle. If I'm studying the word of God. And he's teaching me because I fellowship with him in prayer. And then I fellowship with him in studying the word. Even today, even though he died on the cross, was buried, resurrected, sent into heaven 2,000 years ago almost. I can become a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ today myself. How? By studying the word with him and letting him teach me the word from the word as he guides and directs my study and opens my mind and spirit by the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him and enlightening my, my, the eyes of my heart. He is teaching me and I'm becoming his disciple If I don't do that, whose disciple am I? There are no proxies. There are no proxies. People didn't become a disciple of Paul. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. But he he said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So the ultimate goal there was not to imitate Paul. It was to imitate Christ. To be a, a, a duplicate of Christ, a, a representation of Christ in the earth. To have Christ living through me as a part of his body, just like the Spirit of God lived through the man Christ Jesus while he walked the face of this earth. So I don't become a disciple of Paul, of, of Peter, uh, of Cephas. Paul was very clear that that's very divisive when I become a disciple of man. So the goal is to always be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ by prayer, where I truly fellowship and communicate with him supernaturally in prayer and studying his word with him present supernaturally. That is what would make me a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. So as I do that, I become sensitive to his voice. But again, to be sensitive to his voice, I need a foundation of true scriptural prayer in my life where I regularly fellowship with him as the author of the word. This allows him to undergird and guide me as I read. Approaching the reading and studying of the Bible from an intellectual uh, standpoint will never enable us to be guided by Jesus into all the truth. The scripture, Jesus said it. John 16, I think it was verse 25, I don't remember. Uh He said, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. 
So the, how can I be guided by the Spirit in all truth if I'm studying the Bible intellectually? By my own intellect, with my own faculties, my, with my own intelligence, regardless of how great or small that may be, with my own intellect, if I'm studying the Bible that way, I can't be guided by the Spirit into all truth. I can't. I can't. Paul declared that by the wisdom of God, the Lord decided and determined that we would not be allowed to know Him when our approach to Him is through and by human wisdom only. He is God. He has the right to make that decision. He has a right to do that. And He did do that. I'm reading to you 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? Listen now, verse 21, 1 Corinthians 1, 21. For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God, for it pleased God that by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. God is sovereign and he had the right to choose to not allow man to find him by an intellectual pursuit. Now, am I, am I, uh, uh, trashing, uh, uh religion, uh, religious education, blah, blah, blah. No, I'm not. But I'm saying to you that if my pursuit of God and the knowledge of God is by intellect and human knowledge alone, whatever truth I think I found is deception. God is never going to allow us to be glorified through finding truth through our human ability, our human intellect, our human reasoning and wisdom. Listen. Verse 22, for the Jews require a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified under the Jews, a stumbling block and under the Greeks foolishness. How can you find God intellectually when he made sure that the things he he's establishing are foolishness to the natural mind? Paul said that in the next chapter. The things of the spirit of God are foolishness to the natural mind. The preaching of the cross is foolishness to the Greeks. To the Jews, it's a stumbling block because they believe that by keeping the law, they could be saved. And the cross proves that uh, uh, you can't be saved by keeping the law because no man's ever done it except the Lord Jesus Christ. And he, he did it only because he, he had, the, uh, had God dwelling in him. But even with that, the scripture says he was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. So the man Christ Jesus was only able to keep the law because of the empowerment of the Spirit of God in him. That's the only way you and I can do what's right today. It's because of the empowerment of the Spirit of God in us. That's called grace. Grace is the supernatural empowerment to do what I cannot do myself. And what can I do myself? According to Jesus, nothing. Because John chapter 15, he said, without me, ye can do nothing. So if I'm going to study the word of God intellectually, oh, I can find doctrine. The world is full of doctrines. 
and we're full of churches that denominational organizations are all founded by men who found doctrine. And you say, well, uh, uh, that is, is that wrong? No, no. Pursuing truth is never wrong. It's how you're pursuing the truth that's wrong. How am I doing that? Am I doing that by education alone? Am I doing that by intellect alone? Am I doing that by reading what other people have said about God rather than reading what God said about himself? What, 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 what is the, what is the focus here? What is the approach? So, so, uh, Paul said, for the Jews require sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified. Under the Jews a stumbling block, under the Greeks foolishness. But under, under them, uh, under them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. And as that chapter continues down, I'm not going to read all of it now, but he, he, he ends up with this and says, uh, that God's determined that no flesh is going to glory in his presence. Even spirit filled flesh that wants to trust, wants to, wants to talk to God spiritually, but approach the word of God intellectually. When you, my friend, I beg of you to hear me. When you determine to approach God and his word intellectually, you just open the door for deception. The Lord is never going to let you find him by human intellect, by human wisdom. He has determined. For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believed. No wonder the world despises preachers so much. No wonder it sounds, it's so foolish to them. Somebody stand up in front of a group of people and and preach and declare and teach and whatever. No wonder, no wonder. Because God has determined that if their spirit and heart's not right, <coughs> they're going to despise the preacher. You can't find God intellectually by human wisdom. It's not going to happen. Therefore, it's impossible to find God solely by pursuing him intellectually. I just said that, didn't I? Again, God has ordained that we must seek him and receive an understanding of his word through spiritual revelation before we can profess to know him or have any real truth. Because ultimately, finding the truth is about my heart, not my head. If my heart doesn't want him, if my heart's not willing to buy the truth and sell it not, if my heart's not willing to let him be the teacher, instead of me going to the word of God, trying to find justification for what I think, I, I, I'm not going to find all of that. The, the primary ministry of Jesus on the earth was teacher. He is the ultimate teacher. He is still the teacher. And if I will let him, and I will go to the word with this mindset, he will teach me. He will teach me the word himself. John 14, 6, he said, Jesus said that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man can come to the, unto the Father except by him. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man can come unto the Father except by me. Now, <laughs> 
The Bible is the word of the Father. The Logos that became flesh was the word of the Father. And that flesh was filled by the Spirit of the Father. So the Word, Logos, was the Word of the Father. And the Spirit that dwelt within that manifested Logos was the Father. And I cannot know the way. I cannot know the truth. I cannot know life. I cannot come to the Father except through Him. And so since hopefully your pursuit of the your knowledge of the word of God is because you want to know truth, because you want to know the Father, you're going to let the Holy Ghost be your teacher. Jesus is the spirit of truth that guides us to God's truth. When he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into All truth. We say again, Jesus said, when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. That's actually John 14, 26. I said earlier, verse 25. I'm saying it to you again. Jesus said, when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide us into all truth. Now that word guide, what does that say? The word guide implies you're moving. Moving how? You're you're progressing in your knowledge of truth. That's why Isaiah 28 says, He will teach us line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little. That's the way He teaches us. That's the way I've got to learn. That's why it is a lifelong pursuit to know know the Word, to know God, to know truth, to know how to pray and fellowship with God so that I can know his voice. One of the main reasons for fellowshipping with God in prayer is so I can learn what his voice sounds like so when I'm studying the word, I can understand when he's talking to me. You can't divide these up. Well, I'm a prayer. You can't be a prayer without being a student of the word. Well, I'm a student of the word. You can't be a student of the word if you're not a prayer. In fact, I've got to be honest with you. Some of my most wonderful times of prayer and fellowship is during the times I'm studying. I'm talking. He's talking back. We're having a communication. We're having a conversation. I'm asking him questions. He's giving me answers. It's a communication. I'm not sitting there saying, now, what does this mean? Uh... I think it means no. What do you, what do you mean, Lord? What does this say? Explain this to me. I want to understand this. I need to understand this. You've directed me here today to study this. Now I'm assuming you want me to understand this. So explain this to me. I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get it. So again, he promised to guide us into all truth. The word guide implies progress, progression. We are walking with him. That's progression. We don't, yeah, we stand in a battle, but our relationship is a walk. We stand and fight and resist the devil in in the conflict, but we, we walk. We walk with him in relationship and our knowledge of him is a walk. It's a growth process. 
Now, the beautiful thing is, I can grow in my knowledge of God and His Word and in relationship with Him to whatever degree I want to grow. As much as my hunger wants to grow, I can grow that fast. If I'm not hungry, I won't be growing. If I'm a little bit hungry, I'm going to grow a little bit. If I'm a lot hungry, I'm going to grow a lot. If I am ravenous for God and His Word, I'm going to grow at that rate too because I will be tuned into Him, focused on Him, and seek Him. Ultimately then, reading the Word of God without guidance and instruction of the Spirit of God is not wise. It's not wise. Why? Because I'm opening myself up to deception. The Bible is a supernatural book. It can never be correctly interpreted and or understood through man's intellect alone. Never, never, never. I don't care how many degrees are after your name. If you did all that study intellectually, it is actually actually a stumbling block to you. It's a stumbling block. It's a stumbling block. Because the more I think I know, the, the, the less... I trust his spirit to guide me and teach me. The pride of man's will, uh, the pride of man's mind will always deceive him if given preeminence in the study of the word of God. How can my finite mind figure out the infinite God? How can my finite mind figure out, understand, comprehend the infinite God without him imparting this to me, without him giving this to me, without him explaining it to me? How am I supposed to get that? It is very important for you to remember as we continue in these lessons, our Lord is the author of the Bible and he is waiting for our invitation to participate with us as we read and study his word. Never read the Bible without him present. Never, never. However you need to do that. Father, I I, I hunger for your word today. Direct me and guide me. I, I, I submit myself to you. I submit this read time of reading, this time of study to you. Teach me. Because ultimately, ultimately, what I have experienced and I'm so thankful for is he doesn't confine his talking to me about the word to those periods of time that I'm specifically studying. That's why I'm so thankful for smart devices today so that I always have something in my pocket. I can write down what he's saying to me on, or if I'm driving, I can open up the notes app and dictate what he's saying to me so that I have it and I don't forget it because he's always talking to me about the word. There are times he wakes me up in the middle of the night with stuff and I have I have it right there. I get my iPad and I begin to take the notes right then because if I don't, my finite mind's not going to remember infinite stuff. It's not going to do it. My, my, my temporal mind is not going to remember eternal stuff. So I've got to get it written down. That's what he did for me. He wrote it down. He didn't expect me to remember what I heard. He didn't expect me to be able to do that. He had it written down so I could know it. 
So if I don't have, if I don't make the time to study it, if I don't make the time to study it, and another lesson series I did was the biblical principles governing the eyes, you find out why in this day there is such a focus effort of this world to get your eyes. The time you use your eyes for entertainment or uh, uh, whatever other thing you'd use it for <laughs> is so time-consuming. Social media, the internet, movies, books, you name it. It's all there to take time because during that time I'm doing that, I don't really have time for the Word. And then I tell myself how busy I am. I don't have time to read the Bible. I got to keep up with who's going to bed and what dessert they had at the latest restaurant they were at. <sighs> really, I got to keep up with that. Yeah. And so I don't have time to fellowship with his word. So I'm making decisions every day that prove what the pr true priorities of my life are. The infinite God, the I am God, who through his word created all of time and space, what we call the finite, and then created man in that finite space. That infinite God so wanted us to know him that he had his thoughts written down. Now, I quoted in the last session, John 21, 25. There are many other things which if Jesus, uh, many other things which Jesus did and said to which if they were written, everyone, even the world itself couldn't contain the books that would be written. So when you understand that the, the, the book we can hold in our hands called the Bible. God has eliminated so much stuff that we could know that one day I hope to know in the next life. Uh, and boiled it all down to this amount of knowledge. It's not even a set of encyclopedias I can hold in my hand. And now on my iPad, I can have... 40 plus different translations. All of it right here. And that's all he expects us to know, but he created supernatural levels of that. How can I understand all those different levels and know that they, that what one let, what it, that verse means on one level doesn't contradict what it means on another? It may be applied in a different way in a different setting, uh, principle wise, but as, as the word of God, it always is in harmony. How can, how in the world can my human intellect understand that by man's wisdom alone? It can't. So I'm leaving this with you in this, uh, lesson number one of this 21 lesson series, counting the introduction. The ultimate purpose of studying the Bible is to know God and to find and know the truth. Because the truth is the only thing that can set you free. The truth is the only thing that can save you. God bless you. I pray in Jesus' name that the Lord, by his grace, would give you the spirit of prayer and a hunger for the truth of the word of God. In Jesus' name.